Hi, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi. Since 2011, I've sold over $700 million worth of products for both clients and my own companies. I've also founded or co-founded eight different businesses that have grossed between seven to nine figures in revenue. Today, I focus a lot of my time on teaching, training, and mentoring the next generation of freelancers and entrepreneurs. And that's why I created The Road to a Billion, a call-in radio show style podcast where I answer people's questions on mindset, business ownership, scaling funnels, copywriting, and more. If you want to submit a question, then check out the show notes to learn how, or visit me at stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe to opt into my email list. And every week, you'll get a link to join the live call-in show. And with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Hey, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi, and I'm glad to have you with me here today. The Road to a Billion is a call-in radio show style podcast where you can ask me questions about freelancing, copywriting, entrepreneurship mindset, scaling funnels, relationships, money, and more. The reason for the name The Road to a Billion is twofold. One is because the different kind of copy or products I've written copy for will hit a billion dollars in sales almost certainly this year, if not the very beginning of 2021. Uh, and also because I want to make a direct impact in the lives of a billion people over the next 10 years. So we'll start taking calls in about five minutes from now. And like I mentioned, the way that works is you'll just put your questions into the Q&A section in Zoom. Uh, if you're on Facebook Live, you cannot do that, but like I can give you the Zoom link. I'll do it in a second. Uh, and then uh, today, our special guest host, Andy Jeffs, is going to be reviewing questions and feeding them to my guests myself. And I'll introduce my guests in just a moment as well. Uh, before we go into that, Andy, do you want to go ahead and say hi to everybody and introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely, guys. So what's up? Um, I'm Andy. I'm basically uh, Ed Ray in a British kind of, you know, body bag, as it were. Um, but yeah, I am a copywriter for The Upgraded Man, which is a men's dating coach uh, company. And I also just launched a YouTube channel um, about how I'm traveling around America uh, searching for music collaborations. So super excited for Alex's talk. Uh, also a copy accelerator full, and I'm seeing lots of uh, familiar faces on the dashboard. And I miss you all. So there you go. Good to see you. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, that's Andy. We're thrilled that he's stepping in. Ed Ray will be back. Don't worry. He's on a, um, I mean, you know, Andy's going to do an amazing job too, of course, but Ed is just doing a, some Ed time, which is awesome. I wish I had the self-awareness to, to like take a retreat when I was 20 or whatever, however old Ed, Ed is, like 14 secretly. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so today our, our guest who will be joining us, I'm super excited, is Alex Catoni. Uh, if you don't know about Alex, Alex, am I saying your last name, right? I always assume I am, but you are, yes, okay. you are. All right. Perfect. So yeah, if you don't know, um, about Alex, uh, she started out as an intern at mind Valley, uh, and long before long, she was basically their head marketer. She helped them launch one of their hottest personal growth brands ever. And even, I know I, I took this from your, uh, bio and, or from the, in, the, testimonial you got Alex, but, but one kind of design tweak you, you did for them for one of the funnels increased landing page conversions by close to 120%, which is amazing. Uh, and I know that the founder of Mind Valley called you a genius in this testimonial, which I don't disagree with, but since then you've done high profile campaigns for all kinds of amazing companies and people from numerologist.com, uh, to a lot of the most like well-respected personal growth and development brands who have an awesome YouTube channel. Uh, that has, I think, over 60,000 subscribers. It was over 6,100 when I looked last night. And uh, where Alex is teaching and sharing all kinds of amazing stuff about copywriting, freelancing, things of that nature. Uh, she also has the Copy Posse, which I'll let uh, her talk about. And she's the co-founder of the Flight Club Mastermind, which is happening in San Diego, actually, the 7th through the 9th, I believe, right? 
Yes, but yes. I can't go because I'm in Canada. Ah! Um, so I'm going to be like the co-host on the screen, which I'm so oh. bummed about. But yes, it is happening, coming right up. <laughs> That's so fun because I was going to say, because I'm, I'm going because we're in San Diego. I know. We yeah, ask me Stephanie how upset I am about this. <laughs> so bummed. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh, finally you get to go to one and you've invited I know. me. Oh, well. I know. Okay, I'll go to the one in March as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, so basically just I'm throwing And I will say, uh, I've teased this a little bit before. Uh, Alex wrote one of the one of my favorite sales letters, video sales letters of all time for numerologists. So we're going to talk about that as well. But Alex, it is awesome to have you here with us. Thank you for joining. Thank you so much, Stefan. I've been obviously following what you've been up to for a while and I love your copywriting group and I kind of like lurk in there and see everything that's going on. And I'm so just, just so honored um, to be here and with all of your amazing members. Awesome. That's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, like I said, we're pretty informal. I'm just going to, we'll chat a little bit about you and your career for the first half an hour. And then from there, we'll move into answering questions. So cool. I don't think I see any in the Q&A yet. Does nobody has questions for Alex yet? You guys are crazy <laughs> if not, but I imagine some will start coming in. But everyone's uh, telling me to jump the border. I'm like, yeah, I should, right? <laughs> yeah, that's really like, what's like, I, I was saying to my Australian friends, I'm like, this is like the getting like a suitcase thing. And like, then you're in like the cargo hole. Is that yeah. not a thing that, that works? Or What bad could happen? Like nothing bad could happen, right? It's totally yeah. fine. You know, I read a story. I'm not trying to, I'm going to write questions, but someone who did do that, like this is like, uh, it was on like a, I survived type TV show. And the guy, cause he went unconscious. Cause like the, there's no pressurization. It was so cold. And he like lost, like, um, like, like he basically like blacked out for hours. Cause he was in the hall of this airplane. But then somehow when he, like, when they landed and woke up, like he was completely fine and like, um, didn't have any like brain, uh, death or like anything like that. And they like, it's like an unsolved medical Mystery, now he'll so. live forever and he's found the secret to immortality yeah he's basically like like bruce willis and unbreakable is probably <laughs> yeah, what actually it is. Yeah. <laughs> no one uh, try that at home please yeah please yeah exactly <laughs> um so alex I, well first question i'd have is um just, i mean just how tell me a little bit about your background how did you kind of first discover the the crazy world of copywriting and uh digital marketing and everything like yeah well, how did that happen oh man okay so I, first of all, I feel like so many of everyone probably listening, like when you discover this world, you're just like, what? You know, my brother, who's a doctor is always like, I don't know what you do, but you pull money out of the sky. And I'm like, you're right. That is what we do is as copywriters and online entrepreneurs. But I like many, you know, students, I graduated high school. I was going to be a lawyer. Like that was my goal. Power suit all the way. Wanted to be like just this badass high high power lawyer. Like, thank God that never happened. But um, I went to university, studied business law, I had a minor in marketing, always loved marketing. And then decided uh, for my last year um, of my education to go abroad, lived in Austria for a while, came back. And that really kind of gave me the travel bug. And I was studying to um, write the LSAT to apply to law school and just had this kind of aha moment that I really did not uh, want to go to law school just yet. I hadn't quite, you know, managed to muster up the bravery to say, no, I'm not doing it, but I really wanted to travel more, but needed money. And so that led me on this sort of journey of looking for companies overseas that I could work for. And through an organization that I was a member of in university called ISEC, I found Valley. I knew nothing about marketing. I was 22. I just thought it looked cool. And I applied and luckily, you know, they happened to open up their jobs inbox right around the time I was applying and got an interview. And I remember saying on the call, like, I know I don't have any experience in this, but I'll clean the toilets if you'll pay me to do it. But um, I, that that was that basically 
I guess a few weeks after that call, I told my parents, Hey, I'm selling my car and I am moving to Malaysia. And I did. And, uh, I made $800 a month <laughs> and worked as an intern. And that is when I discovered mind, mind Valley, internet marketing, personal development, copywriting, like all at the same time. And my like little tiny brain just exploded wide open. And I like found like, Oh my God, this is what I want to do. What was it about, um, this whole world of copywriting, digital marketing, and all that, that really excited you when you discovered it? I think it just was so like, you know, I know nowadays, I'm sure in school, they talk more about e-commerce and, and digital marketing and stuff. But when I was in, you know, high school and university, like nobody talked about that. Like you had, you had like this list of 10 things that you could be. If you were like really smart, you could be like a doctor you know, if you were really good at math, you would be an accountant. Like we all have these like preconceived notions of like what it is that we want to do. And I think I just, you know, as a, as a young, as a young person didn't, I had no idea about this online marketing world. And so jumping into Mind Valley and finding out about, about marketing, it was like the creativity and, and how you could just like brainstorm something in, in a group, then go create it on the internet and like reach hundreds of thousands of people. Um, it just really ex it excited me. And I, I just was able to dive into it and study and learn. And the more I did, the more I, I loved about it. And it spoke to that sort of innate love that I've always had for marketing that never really, I always thought again, like, I think when a lot of people think of copywriting or marketing, immediately they go to like Mad Men world and they think, oh, the only marketing jobs out there, it's like, I have to be an ad exec, ad exec and like come up with taglines for like Super Bowl commercials, you know, and only like really smart people get to do that. And so I had no idea that marketing was actually so necessary in businesses everywhere. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And it is funny. I, after I took the LSAT my senior year of college no and I even got into the university of Miami law school, I got into, like, I think one or two other, but Miami was the only one that was actually half decent. It was like in the top, like 65, right. 60, whatever. Um, and I got accepted and I was like going to go. And then I had this existential crisis um, after early summer where I was like, I'm only doing this because of the money. You know, I was yeah. like, the only reason I'm doing this is because like, to your point of like, um, like, so I could sound impressive to people like, oh, I'm a lawyer and I make totally. money. But yeah, but then I looked at all these people I knew who were lawyers and they were all kind of like alcoholics and miserable. And, yeah. and I was like, yeah, maybe not. Um, it's so, it's so funny you say that. First of all, I had no idea how similar our stories were like, that's crazy. But, um, yeah, I, I was doing it for that reason. And because like my parents never put pressure on me, but like, I remember feeling like I can't, I have to do this. Like my, like I said, my brother's now a doctor. So he was like going into pre-med and I was like, well, he's my twin. So, I mean, there's that like competitive thing there where I'm like, well, I have to be like the other really good profession, which must be being a lawyer. Right. But my stepdad actually, one morning, I remember I was bartending. So I had a university education and I was bartending while I was studying for the LSAT. And I woke up and I was heading to my shift and he's, he just handed me a newspaper that was kind of folded to this one article. And he didn't say a word. He just handed it to me. And the headline was, female attorneys have highest depression rate amongst all professions or something like that. Mm. And that was like the subtle permission that I'm like, is he telling me I don't need to do this? And that's kind of when... I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going, I'm going to travel. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm just going to go travel. And that's how I found Mind Valley. So it's crazy how those little kind of events unfold. hundred percent, but, but good for you for, for listening to that voice in your head. I mean, I think intuition is so important and it sounds like you had an intuition of knowing that you were looking down the, the wrong path and, and to be able to have the awareness of, 
of stepping back and even changing course, right? Because if people, if you're telling people, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to take the LSAT, I'm studying for it. And then you have to do an about face and be like, oh, actually I'm not. There, there's like a, especially when you're young, like I think there's a, a feeling of like, are you disappointing people? Does it mean that you're sort of like, you know, Failed. a phony and, yeah. um, but so it's really cool that you're able to. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So you're at my Valley. You started though as an intern, right? You offered to clean toilets and everything. I and, never did, by the way. I never right. did clean toilets. <laughs> yeah, to their credit, they were like, eh, you probably, you seem sharp. Maybe there's better, you know, uh, but yeah, how did you go from that to kind of running the, the marketing for them in such a short period of time? What was that kind of journey like? Yeah. I mean, I think what's so cool about Mind Valley is that it really, back then, especially, I can't speak to it now. I mean, I left in 2011. So, you know, anyone, I, I saw a couple comments before it's like, Oh, I was there in 2018 or 15 right. or whatever. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I was like old, old school. So, I mean, I was somewhere between like employee 10 and 15, like it was a really small team. And I mean, that startup environment, like anybody who's ever been in it, it's like you hustle and you just kind of do like, you don't ask for permission. You just kind of see what needs to get done and you go for it. And Mind Valley really rewarded that attitude. And I'm luckily very, like very much have that attitude of like, all right, like I'm doing customer support over here because that's what I started doing customer service, but I, I see a need over here. And I just started studying. I remember reading or studying Frank Kern's mass control and learning about like his death grip email sequence. And I'm like, I'm just going to write one and like, see if it, if it works. And I, I remember like sitting there just writing email sequences and then passing them over to like kind of the team and then, oh yeah, hey, let's let's send these out. And we, because of that, started doing more more um, regular list promotions. And it was just sort of, you know, right right place at the right time. The company was growing really fast and they, they needed people to fulfill roles. And, you know, I, I don't think by any means I was like the best in the world, but hey, I was there and they were like, here, go for it. And they basically, you know, gave me a business unit which in Mind Valley Speak back then was like, okay, you work with one author um, that they're publishing, and then they have a variety of different web properties. And so basically, as a business manager or a, a manager of one of their business units, we did everything. We did customer service, project management, copywriting, um, until the team got big enough where all of a sudden all of those specialties started becoming their own little teams. But in the beginning, it was like, really kind of like, you just get in there and do what you have to do. And that's, that's sort of how it all started. And I, I dabbled in like pay-per-click advertising. I did customer service. Like I said, I did some copywriting. Um, and then by the time I left, I was, you know, the creative director, which really was sort of the marketing manager of all launches and, and projects at Mind Valley. Um, and it was just sort of this really exciting growth and learning experience through the three and a half years that I was there. Yeah, that's amazing. And, um, I do think for a lot of people who are young copywriters and even people want to be entrepreneurs in, in general, like, um, or just freelancers in general, I really think having that holistic view is probably so valuable because it's one thing to know how to write copy and that's awesome. And then, you know, a lucrative, amazing career. And both you and I are part of our, I think both of our passions are bringing people into our, our world of copywriting and freelancing, but, um, to get like a more holistic view of how a business operates and the different things and moving pieces, it then makes you way more valuable when you transition away and move on to do your own thing. And I'm guessing, that was the experience you had as well. So I do want to move away. I don't want to, you know, spend all, too much time talking about mind value. The last question I'll just have is in those first, you know, three, three and a half years there, what was maybe the biggest like lesson that you learned during that time? Oh, that's such a good question. You know what? I think for me, I think the biggest lesson was to just sort of go for it. 
You know, I think that we, it's so easy to step back and second guess ourselves and not, not move forward with, with something. And while I was at Mind Valley, I mean, I was so blessed to be surrounded by all these really inspiring people who like forced me to kind of level up. And I remember leaving Mind Valley, one of the things I struggled with the most was I left this environment of being around super motivated, positive, encouraging people to like being by myself in like a tiny little bedroom in Vancouver, sleeping on an air mattress. <laughs> and I think what I learned and what kind of got brought me through that sort of dark time of starting my own business was to just go for it, you know? And like, there's times where I wish I would have done things sooner, but you don't know until you try and you'll try things and they'll fail. And I think that that's what Mind Valley really rewarded. It was like, hey, you're going to do something and it, it's not going to work, but that's okay. At least you're, you're doing it. And to have the ability and the playground to do that in, it's like, oh my gosh, what an amazing gift that was back then. I didn't realize it at the time, but now it's like, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. And so once you did go out and start your own business and go out on your own, um, did you, how did you, did you have a plan? Did you have, did you have some clients already? Did you kind of like, you know, how did you start kind of, um, Oh yeah. Of, yeah going nope. doing that? I didn't have any clients. I was 26, 26 or 25 and just full of piss and vinegar, you know, like I was like, I'm the best. Like, I feel like everyone goes through that, like very humbling experience starting their business. It's like you, you go out the gate, like, super strong. And then you're like, wow, this is really freaking hard. And, uh, and yeah, I had no, I had no clients. I had savings. That was sort of the good thing about living in a, a cheaper country. And by the time I left, I was obviously making more than $800 a month. So I, I managed to have a pretty good, um, you know, amount of savings set aside. And I, I think for about six months, I just lived off the, the savings and, uh, and then I just started really putting rubber to the road and networking like crazy. Uh, and then it was at a Joe Polish event. I love marketing back in, oh man, 2012, I guess, um, that I met Blair Gorman, the founder of numerologist.com. And he became my first client, is still my client. And so, you know, just goes to show that you know, you make the right relationships and you align with people that, you know, that you work well with and it can be a really great lucrative kind of business opportunity. But that, yeah, that's how I made my first client. And that's how I, I really started getting to be able to sink my teeth into copywriting. But what's interesting is I never wanted to call myself a copywriter. I had this, like, I think it's because I learned from like the greats, you know, like Frank Kern and, and John Carlton and Gary Helper and all of these incredible copywriters that when I left Mind Valley, I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I do copywriting, but I'm not a copywriter. Like, it took me a long time to own that title. And that's just like mad respect to copywriters, you know? Like, I truly think that um, that back then, the people that I considered to be copywriters were sort of like these, these greats. And so when I started working with clients, I was like a marketing consultant. And then they would be like, do you know anyone who can do copy? And I was like, well, I can, but like, I'm not that good. And then it was like, I never wanted to say I did it because I was afraid that I would let people down, but it almost kind of worked in my favor because, you know, set low expectations and then come in hot, you know, but that's sort of how I got into actually like calling myself a copywriter was through practice and resist like resistance to it. That's super interesting. I, it's funny cause I've, I've struggled with that too. Although I think with me, it's, 
definitely an ego thing for me as well, where it's like, but I can do more than that. Like I've, I've run businesses and I can yeah. help to optimize and, you know, and, but it's funny because every time it's like just owning that copywriter title is like super lucrative and powerful. And there's so many people who can benefit from learning copy. Um, so it, that's, that's actually interesting for me to hear if somebody else kind of say they've gone through the same thing, maybe for different reasons, but like, yeah. still, I feel that too, though, like, because now that I have, you know, built businesses and done all that, when people call me a copywriter, I'm like, I'm, I'm more than a copywriter. But, but you know what I, I realize is like, everybody's a strategist, everybody, mm -hmm. like, you know, so many people use that term. And it's like, that can mean anything. And what I find is, people remember things like, oh, you are a killer copywriter. Right. And then that's what actually keeps you memorable in people's mind because you're like this freaking gangster at this one skill. And yeah, of course you do all these other things because you can't be a killer copywriter if you're not a genius marketer. But, you know, it's I totally get that. It's funny all the labels and how we and how we uh, kind of. It, yeah, it is. It's, it's funny, too, because like I'm just I just thought of this. Um, I had like a party at our house in Vegas a few weeks back and it was like just like, a you know, informal get together. I saw that. I was like, yeah, and I know, I know. We'll get you, we'll get you down, down uh, south. Get me out of here. Eventually. No, I know. Um, but you know, like, um, there was like a bunch of people there, but uh, one of the people who came was like Perry Belcher because he was in Vegas, and he was talking to me about how he kind of was like, yeah, you know, um, I feel like I just don't always have like the motivation to write like a lot of copy right now, like or these days, and, and blah blah blah. And I was like, well, I'm like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, it's not the best use of your time anymore, anyway. And he was like, looked at me like really seriously, and he he was like. It's like, I, I, it's like, I can't really think of anything that'd be a better use of my time than writing copy. And I was like, oh shit. Cause like, that. you know, he's like a really good copywriter. And I was yeah. like, damn, all right. Like that's a good reminder. I mean, even with someone like Perry, who's, who's started all these yeah. businesses and done all this cool stuff. And then for him to just be like, oh no, like copywriting is, is my, like, that's my, my strength. Right. And you're like, damn, okay. He really owns it. And it was kind of cool just to see yeah. that. And, and he's actually someone, I remember thinking this one time when he was speaking at my mastermind and, and he's like, oh, the, like the sales page that I wrote. And he's showing us the sales page he wrote. And I'm like, that's so cool. Like it's Perry, it's Perry Belcher. He's got a million businesses on the go, but that's the one thing that he still does himself. Yeah. You know, because it is so important and yeah. that, and, and he's good at it and he enjoys it obviously. You know what I mean? So yeah, 100%. it's, it's like validation. It's like, that's right. Yeah, 100%. I met everyone at that party, but Perry Belcher. I was really? like, Perry Belcher was here. Like, <laughs> how do you not meet that really? guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I met everyone at the party, but but Perry, and I was like, God damn it, that sucks. But fair enough. You know, um, you're in Vegas. Yeah. He's in Vegas. I'm sure you can you can reach out yeah. and, and have those opportunities, Andy, for sure. Well, um, but yeah, Alex, one more. Um, well, I don't know about one more, but another question, just because I want to transition into the numerologist, which is you know you help. It was perfect because that's the way the kind of story goes, right? Yeah, when yeah. Often, um, then you started working uh, with them, and, and you still are. So, I do want to kind of get into that numerologist VSL. You know the one I'm talking about, and um, it's funny because even when I referenced VSL. it, some other people were like, "Oh, the one that like everybody knows." But do you want to just kind of briefly describe the kind of structure of that VSL for people who don't know about it, and then? From there, I just love to hear some of your thought process as you were creating it and, and why you think it was uh, so successful. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I can't take full credit for it because the technology behind it is like gold, Sick, right? Yeah. And that's that's part of why I love working with, with Blair so much is because he is like this innovator and this he's this like tech wizard and I just picture him like he lives in New Zealand but I just picture him at his computer like mad scientist like typing on the computer you know and um and he came up with this idea of, of doing this personalized video sales letter and so we call it the me sl 
because it's all about me, the person watching the VSL. And, and um, I think the thing that's the coolest about it is, and this is sort of my belief with copywriting and marketing in general, is I'm so over, you know, like the super inauthentic kind of douchey marketing tactics that, you know, used to work 10 years ago. I'm all about making copywriting and marketing valuable in and of itself right now. Mm -hmm. So if someone comes and reads a sales page or watches my you know, video sales letter, I want them to be like, oh, that was entertaining or that was interesting or I at least got one nugget of value out of that. And Blair is the exact same. And so with this concept of the, of the MSL, the structure of it is essentially you go to the site, you enter in just your first name and your date of birth. And then you get a life path reading. And if anyone follows numerology, it's basically like astrology, but it's the science of numbers. And so on the fly, it pulls a reading that is 100% personalized and custom to you based on your life path number. Then after your life path reading, it asks for your full name um, and email address. So after you've already given them crazy value, that's when we ask for the lead. And then their full name, because your full name is how you calculate um, expression and soul urge number. And then it transitions to the close, which is to get your full numerology report. So um, what's kind of insane about it is you think, okay, the, when you watch it as a, as a, as a viewer, the whole thing is maybe 15 minutes long, right? But maybe 20, but all that had to go in behind the scenes, like you think there's uh, 11 different life path numbers, 11 different soul urge numbers and 11 different expression numbers and then having to write the like transitionary copy that that you know puts the the readings together seamlessly and then of course the close at the end which is more just a traditional style VSL close but it was a really fun project to work on but it's like I mean my you know google docs with like links everywhere and figuring out okay how are these readings all going to flow together um and I think what the coolest thing about it to me is like not that it works well, not that people love it and not that, you know, it's, it's making money. Those are all good things, but it's just the experience that people have watching it and the comments we get, like who comments on a video sales letter saying, holy F balls, this is amazing. I cannot believe like how accurate this is or, you know, and, and like the, what I sort of had to study to really be able to write those readings in a powerful way. Like I think a lot of copywriters, I'm super interested in psychology and you know Darren Brown and like all of this these different modalities that kind of went into creating readings that really felt like a super personal experience and are you know they are a personal experience it's, it's not manipulation it's actually taking the time to be able to speak to the viewer in a way that resonates that to me was like that's like copywriting crack right there yeah no I, I so and Anecdotally, and I think I, I told you this the first time we met, but it's one of the only VSLs where like I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing the first time I saw it. Cause That's I was like with, the best compliment ever. Thank true. you. Yeah. I was with uh I was with Laura and we were she at the time was at grad school at Brooklyn College and I was back and forth between Vegas and New York and we had a place in like Williamsburg and we were driving uh leaving Williamsburg to I don't remember where we were going but we were in the car I remember we were on like the Brooklyn Expressway Brooklyn Queens Expressway and like of course there was traffic and she was driving and um somebody sent it to me and I kind of was like this is, this is kind of cool and like, I put my name in and she's driving and then I'm like what like uh like wow this is like really personalized and then like you know I'm going through and then Laura's like looking over while she's driving in New York traffic you know and I'm like 
oh my yeah that's actually really accurate you know it's like i'm like I'm, and like I, I i honestly when people send me vsls i'll look for the first minute or two check out the lead right and click away and it was like 20 minutes later and i'd gone through the whole thing and i'm like sitting there like should i get my life pat do i need the full report and i'm like what yeah. is happening right now um but to your point it was like entertainment i mean it was so um like it was fun to do and and, and just personalized and and the technology is amazing too but just like from um yeah just i love that it was it was really cool um Thank how long you. did it yeah. take you to, to write it then mm -hmm. probably like two two weeks obviously not like you know full time but probably right. probably like a good two weeks to sit down and write it and really figuring out the process too right because i this is so funny like now that i you know i've been you know, partners with a numerology business, I'm like kind of a pseudo numerologist. And so I know like everyone who's a different life path number and I'm a life path too. So that's always the easiest for me to write to because it's me. So I'm like, okay. Um, I would, I sat down and I wrote like all the readings for a, like a, like a two. And then, and then I think, okay, who's a three in my life. And I, I'd be like, that person's a three. And I truly write. It's like, it's like the rule number, you know, copywriting 101, like have a customer avatar in mind. So I would just really think of, okay, who in my life, like one of my best friends is a nine, another one of my best friends is a five. And I would just like write to them. And that I, I find was like a really helpful part of the experience. And then what's cool is we're actually now like upgrading it because when it was first written, um, it was pretty limiting and there wasn't, um, like it was very, you know, um, like, cisgender you know man with women when we talk about the relationship reading so now we're right. taking it to like the whole like next level of making it even more inclusive which means more readings and it's, yeah. it's just cool and i'm proud to be part of that as of like okay let's make sure we're not alienating anybody in this marketing and making sure it's a really powerful experience for everybody watching um and so it's just this and i mean kudos to blair because so many business owners would be like, no, that sounds like too much work. It's too much money when we, literally we can just write a VSL and like get a voiceover and like click next on the slides while I read it, like shoot me in the head now. So boring. So kudos to Blair that like he really truly is like, no, no, we're going to make this epic. And that's exactly the word he would use. And to be able to like work on something like that and bring that into life is so exciting. Yeah, it's super exciting. Um, and it's awesome that, yeah, it's awesome you're, you're, you guys are, are doing that. Um, by the way, I think I'm pretty sure Laura and I are both twos as well. And then our daughter is, I'm pretty sure, a one. I think one is because we're basically like creative, but you also have business savvy, right? And like um, our daughter was like super creative, like doesn't really care about money. If has it, we'll just give it away, like blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that's great. But I'm like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to like put a trust fund that she can't touch until she's like, <laughs> It's all because she's a one. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's all that number one yeah. energy. And yeah. I think, like, oh gosh, she's a one. Um, but it's so funny. <laughs> Ones are like quick start, right? They like, yeah. they like just, it's all ideas and inspiration and go. Right? Yeah. Whereas twos are a lot more um, kind of collaborative, a little bit more, um, they work really well in partnership. I mean, it's a number two, right? So it's, it's interesting. I want, maybe we'll do a, a numerology. <laughs> it would be fun. It would be fun to day. see. Yeah. It'd be fun to see how many copywriters like, you know, cause it's interesting that you're a two, Laura's a two, I'm a two. And I wonder how many other people, um, who are, you know, kind of, especially the copywriters who are also entrepreneurs, um, yeah. are so empathy is huge for twos, right? Cause it's all about like, not just your experience, but it's all about that, that, partnership and so really putting yourself in other people's shoes so maybe i would be so curious to see yeah how me many too copywriters are twos. <laughs> some people are putting in the chat what they are so sam novak said andy just says he thinks he's a two sam said she's a five um 
uh, Adam Nasser is a, we got some sixes, some nines. Scott Mills is a it. one. Yeah. It's so fun. It's, so, it's also fun how many people actually know, right? Cause you think, totally. oh, numerology, like it's kind of like, you know, is it just like really new agey? But it's like, you just talk to like all kinds of from, you know, people from like teenagers to like super burly bros on motorcycles. And they're like, I'm a five bro. And you're like, oh, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> kind of fun how many people actually, um, like do you totally. like, like enjoy that and people like really it's like astrology right like i'm a leo and i'll tell everybody that i'm a leo because i'm a leo you know but numerology i think is less known but it's, it's kind of cool everyone's curious to know about themselves again like another you know copywriting 101 it's like what makes numerology so powerful is it's like you're literally going through a video sales letter that's talking all about you how can right. you not love that yeah it's the best right <laughs> the best. Uh, and you get something you get rewarded you get like you get your number like how you yeah. know how exciting how um, exciting Cool. So, so, um, and we'll get to questions in just a couple minutes here. So now, of course, we got 16, the Q and a people, people stepped up. Um, but before we get to that, so beyond, you know, working with numerologist.com um, or numerology.com, um, numerologist, numerologist, I, I, I right the yeah. first time. Perfect. Um, you know, I know you're doing a lot of stuff like there's flight club, there's copy posse, you're teaching. Uh, I'd love to just kind of have you run me through like what, like in a typical week you know these days like what does that week look like what are you um like what are you doing and, and then why are you doing those things right yeah i mean to, maybe i'll start with the why because one thing that i think is so important and not a lot of entrepreneurs talk about this is the important the important <laughs> the importance of having a value aligned business and i was a copywriter freelance copywriter consultant from 2011 to 2019, that is all I did. And I freaking loved it because my biggest value at, at the time was freedom. So I love that I didn't have my face on the internet. I love that nobody knew who I was. I love that I didn't have to create content regularly. Um, and that I had a handful of like really awesome clients who paid me really well. And I would go spend every summer in Italy, right? Like that's the dream. And then sometime around like 2018, I was like, okay. And people would say to me too, like, you know, I run this mastermind. So I'm on stage a lot and I'd speak at events and stuff. And everyone would be like, why are you so behind the scenes in businesses? And like, and that was me. I was like behind the scene McGee and I didn't ever really do anything to put myself out there. And then in 2018, I was like, you know what? I feel like I have a lot to say about copywriting and I feel like women's voices aren't very heard in this space. And I've been doing this for like almost a decade now. So I think I have something to say about it. And I started my YouTube channel. And to be honest, like I didn't start it with this like idea that I was going to scale this whole other part of my business and launch programs and do courses. For me, it was like, if, if I, if people, if anyone watches my video and finds value out of it, like I'll be happy. Um, and you know, it took me like, everyone's always like, wow, you grew so fast and in such a like niche niche, you know, and, and that's true. If you like just cut off the first six months, like it took me six months to get to a thousand subscribers, but I wasn't doing it for like the, you know, the, as a direct response marketer to be like, I want to scale this like traffic funnel and you know, whatever it was, right. it was purely a, a personal, I want to put myself out there. And I was freaking terrified to do it. Like, I think a lot of copywriters can relate to this. Like we're drawn to copywriting because you can be behind the scenes. And so it's so crazy how many of my um, followers are introverts and, and I am too, I'm an outgoing introvert, I say. And so it was really scary for me to like put myself out there on the internet to be like judged and 
to have people be like, oh, stupid bitch doesn't know what she's talking about, you know? And that's just what happens when you put yourself out there on the, on the internet. But that is what started this whole like kind of journey into the copy posse and realizing that so many people out there are looking to get into copywriting or are looking to write better copy for their own business. And, um, and yeah, and that's sort of, that was sort of that. And so it's been a natural progression with um, scaling my team on the agency side so that I can still serve clients because I'm a big believer in being in integrity. And if I'm teaching copywriting to still be actually doing it. Um, and so scaling my team on the agency side so that I can still, um, you know, provide copywriting services, but then also building a team on sort of the B2C side, if you will, to help me manage my personal brand and the copy posse. And so I would say my, my day is probably split pretty 50-50 between both sides of my business um, and getting obviously the support to help with all of that. Do you have any, are, are you, um, do you have like habits like, or do you wake up at a certain time consistently and sort of spend like certain windows of the day where you do more deep work or do you have any kind of like routines or habits or things like that? Yeah. So I'm pretty like pretty religiously wake up at around six o'clock every morning. I'm a, I'm a morning person. Like I'm like, I, the other night I was in bed at eight, like 30 and I texted my friends. I'm like, I'm in bed. And they were like, LOL, me too. I'm like, okay, good. Um, but I wait, I tend to wake up at six. I try to work out Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and then my mornings as much as possible, I devote to any creative work that I have to do. So whether it be preparing video scripts for YouTube, client copy, reviewing copy, anything that really requires me to like be in that creative space. And then I, I try to keep my afternoons to calls, admin work, emails, like, you know, dinking around with social media, that sort of stuff, because I'm, you know, my, my creative energy is kind of fried, but I can like go through the motions and get shit done. So that's, that's how I, that's how I tend to break up my day. Yeah, it's great. It's funny. It's, it's, um, I feel like we're secretly twins because like not only are we both twos and almost both lawyers, but yeah, I'm pretty much the exact same way. I'm, I'm curious. This is a personal question and then, well, not personal, it's a selfish question. And then we're going to go into Q and A's, but okay. for, um, creating content, like when you're doing your YouTube videos, cause I'm obviously creating more content myself. I'm do you, one thing I'm wrestling with is like, does that, does that fit better in like the morning? Cause like, for me, it's like the creative deep work, right? Copy that kind of stuff is in the mornings. And then I'm like, well, in the afternoons I can, you know, shoot a video, but I'm, if I'm kind of fatigued or frazzled yeah. or whatever, right at one o'clock or they have that afternoon dip. I'm curious, when do you generally uh, kind of shoot videos and create content? I do it in the afternoons. Yeah. I do. Cause for me, um, unless I'm doing an off the cuff style video where I really do need my brain, you know, functioning, then, um, then I'll probably try to record in the morning when I'm fresher, but if I'm just reading a script, then it's like, oh, I'm just reading the script. I'm just, a, yeah. just a robot. <laughs> um, not really, but yeah. And I get a lot of help with my scripts too. So I have an amazing um, team that what they do is I'm really good. Like if I could write copy verbally all day long, I will. And so I have a call with my team. Um, and she, a, a girl on my team and she'll interview me on a topic and I'll just kind of like brain, like brain dump and say, okay, here's, here are the five things that I think I'd want to talk about and the points under each one. And then she kind of finesses it into a loose script. And then I go through and, and kind of finalize it. Nice. Probably going to, probably going to swipe that from you. That sounds like yeah, a pretty good process. It. Yeah. It's okay. great. Yeah. It, it honestly, cause I'm a, if, if I had to, if I, if it was up to myself, I would literally do it the morning of, of having to record. And then therefore I would not have a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> so it's way easier to have someone who's like, Hey, you need a video. Uh, I'm going to, let's have a call so I can interview you on the next 
four topics and then and then it helps me stay ahead my dog's chewing on something that she shouldn't be one second no problem <laughs> yeah no problem uh yeah as you as you do dog mom duties um yeah. <laughs> andy we're gonna turn it over to you know q and a's from uh our audience here but because you are our co-host andy you get the uh the the privilege of, of asking if you have any uh questions you want to ask uh awesome. or we go to the q a yeah. feel free to to ask that's awesome. I was going to leave mine to the end, but I am just like sitting here, like this is the exact person I need to talk to right now. <laughs> this is so awesome. Uh, and I'm also from Vancouver as well. So that's what? awesome. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in where are you here now? I'm in Vegas right now. So I actually got over the border to the Austin event, like no problem. Well, not no problems. I got into like a second interrogation, um, but I managed to get over and Ed Ray texted me. It was like, how the fuck did you get into yeah. <laughs> to, well, it's to, the mandatory <laughs> quarantine coming back that's a real bitch yeah i'm not going to come back I've, I've decided i'm just going to travel around america it's kind of ties into yeah. my youtube channel you know i love it that's what you, that go for it yeah um but yeah the question i guess uh, i started my youtube channel I, I launched it um people have been following me i think i've got like 50 subscribers now um and i've posted up my first video i've got like 10 video ideas i'm currently just finishing up one now um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think I'm kind of getting an idea of who my niche is. It's basically just entrepreneurs who are also creatives as well, you know, and I can show them what I'm getting up to. And it also kind of has like secondary bonuses of like, you know, dating, because obviously I'm in the men's dating, um, you know, health world and then uh, health and fitness, because I've got some kind of contrarian, uh, like, ask, like perspectives on that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess like, what's the best way to grow the YouTube channel? I mean, I <laughs> everyone know. wants to know. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the the, the standard question, you know, nothing. Yeah, yeah I think the most important thing is and, and I think in retrospect, like looking back um, at how like at my channel and what I did is it's easier to answer this than than if I was just starting but Tater no <laughs> she's got like this shoe thing oh. um, <laughs> that's not for you <laughs> um, but the first thing and it's like it, again it's like going back to the rules of marketing right it's like know who you're speaking to because it sounds it sounds to me like you have a lot of topics you want to talk about yeah. which is fine but then have like a cohesive hook that hooks them all together so that people are like, do you know, do you watch the guy who does this? Right. It's what? like when you're writing copy and everyone's always like, how do you niche? I'm like, well, if you're not going to niche your audience and you're not going to niche the benefit that you deliver, then have like a really unique technology or mechanism or something because there right. needs to be a, there needs to be a hook. Right. And so if you want to talk about all those different things, then get really clear on like who exactly you're talking to. And maybe it is sort of like right. the, like, the young man digital nomad or what have you and so you know have a really you know strong audience and of course you'll you'll attract people who aren't those people but if you if you're speaking to them then they're going to find you and they're going to refer you and they're going to keep coming back for more and then and then yeah have like a shtick i mean if you're the guy who's traveling around america you know make that make that the part part of your hook that like you're on like this mission to right you know, to uncover the secrets of whatever, like just, you know, yeah. make it something that's unique and different and memorable. Um, and then the biggest tip of all I can give with YouTube is like, fuck SEO. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. You can swear, it's fine, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, what I mean by that is, yes, it's important, but like I was so down the SEO train with my videos and it's important in the beginning to see Taylor just, <laughs> she's like hopping up wondering what's going on. Um, you don't even want to see what my office looks like right now. She destroyed a piece of paper. Um, but uh people are always like so gung ho about the SEO. And that's important in the beginning when you have just like a few 
hundred subscribers. And, and the only way that you can get more people is through that search traffic on YouTube, yeah. but make sure you're the copywriting, right? Make sure your topics sound exciting. I'll give what? you this example. I was like all down the, the, um, SEO train and I almost gave up because I like, there was no passion to it anymore because I'm like, Oh, Customer avatar exercise is a keyword. Okay, I have to do an, a video on customer avatar exercise. So I like named my video like customer avatar exercise. And the video was like really good. Like I was talking about like Eugene Schwartz's like levels of market sophistication and like, I, like the content was great. And I was like, no, but I need a keyword in there. And then I ran into a friend of mine, Sarah Chris, who you probably know, Stefan at, uh, mimosa mastermind and she, she's like no don't worry about it just make it sound more exciting and i changed the title of that video to something like the number one reason why you suck at selling which was obviously like you don't know who you're speaking to aka customer avatar and like you can see my graph on youtube it's like boring nobody likes it and then it was like oh people are liking this all of a sudden so use your copywriter brain you know like come yeah. up with good hooks first or come up with a topic and then come up with like, okay, how do I make that sound sexy? And like, what's the hook? Then yeah. map out the content so that yes, you're still on the topic, but you're satisfying the hook. Cause obviously you want to make right. sure you're giving people what they came for. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. helpful. I mean, you know, I, the, the big thing is like, I'm just a online marketer musician looking for kind of like-minded people, like people that are like me to, collaborate music with and then i guess like the big kind of like value i'm giving is like I've, I've got it in my description here like if you're interested in creating a life with more freedom following your passions and sharing it with people you love then this could be for you so that's kind of the thing it's like freedom passions sharing it with people that you're excited about kind of things mm -hmm. so, you, you know it's all kind of based around that one yeah. thing you, you could do andy and i'm not you know obviously maybe you don't like this idea at all but as you're um and it's kind of related to what, what Matt Murphy said of the Foo Fighters thing in the chat here, but basically the idea of, um, as you go to different places, if you looked at, you know, bands that are from those different cities or, or, you know, that, that kind of called them home and yeah. then maybe pick one of their songs. That's like a really, um, like a really successful song and kind of talk about why, like, right. What were they saying? What was the messaging? How are they speaking to people? Why did it connect with people oh, and yeah. sort of, then you're talking about like, and you also mentioned the, the, you know, the front person or whoever, if it's a singer songwriter, right. And like, how did they embody those values of freedom? Yeah. And then, so you're looking at like them, uh, kind of a bit of like a biographical component. So you're sharing information about that, which is interesting. Then you're yeah. kind of talking about the messaging from the song and you're breaking it down, kind of explicating it. And you can tie all of that back to like direct response copy and how you can apply that to direct response copy. Yeah. Like that exactly. could be really cool. No, I that's exactly, that. yeah, that's exactly where my head's at. Um, and also just taking a look at like, why some musicians like everyone is like super crazy and everyone knows who they are and then some musicians who are like actually better than those musicians like for instance you got tommy lee from motley Crue, who's like a very average drummer but everyone knows who he is and he's super cool like everyone's like oh tommy lee and then you get guys in this like kind of nerdy drummer world where they're basically just followed by lots of other drummers no one knows who they are they've got better chops for sure. Like they're like really technically skilled, but it's like, you look at them and it's like, there's no emotion there. It's just like, they're just really good. They're not cool. <laughs> so it's like kind of breaking that down and tying it in with, like you say, copywriting and, you know, like even like, for instance, uh, with copywriting stuff and you've got uh, the first line of copy needs to like really grab attention. Like it's gotta be interesting. Yeah. Like the first three seconds of your song, if it's not interesting, like people are just gonna click skip, you know? So just like, I, I, well, and the parallels between like songwriting and storytelling. And I really yeah. love, 
Um, I think John just commented, sounds like what Bourdain did with local food. Yeah. Like, I think what's cool about what Anthony, Anthony Bourdain did was that like he would feature the city so strongly that it would like evoke that sense of pride in the people that live there. And then the people who didn't live there were like, I hope he comes to my city, you know? So you could like kind of feature the city in, in a way that's really unique as well. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Exactly. Cool. Cool. Sweet. I'm, I'm excited. I'll, I'll go subscribe, like, yeah. you know, all that yeah. stuff. Well, I'm definitely going to follow you so I can get some, you know, swipe all your ideas. So <laughs> Perfect. go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. Let's get this party started, guys. Sweet. Um, so just from the top uh, down, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's the yeah, idea. Yeah, I didn't go through. I mean, obviously, if there's a question that um, is randomly just, okay. you know, sucks and don't ask it but yeah <laughs> i'm sure none yeah, do i mean are wonderful was asking you like where your shirt's from or something like that i'm like come on this yeah it's <laughs> all good it's all good uh but yeah i do want to know that um so i'm a new copywriter this is from uh whitney give um, us by the give us like the gist yeah. of it and then go ahead and yeah. answer live so when you can come on and she can ask the question that okay way, oh, the, the radio show yeah format. cool yeah yeah, yeah. okay um Okay, this is good. So uh, I'm a new copywriter and I've noticed that being female puts you in a minority. Do you have any advice for female copywriters trying to make a name in what has been called a boys club? <laughs> cool. so, let me, um, I'm going to hit, cool. did you have co-host capabilities already, Andy? Yeah, I, I just okay. answered the live. So is that okay? Is that cool? I think you have to like go into chat, honestly, because Ed is usually the one who does this, but I think I actually should go into right. chat, find Whitney and then like let her allow to talk. But it's alphabetical. It's the good news. I'm gonna do it. I found her. I'm hearing a lot of talk. Okay, sounds good. All right. Okay. What's up, Whitney? Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? All yeah. right. Hi, so, so I am a brand new copywriter. I've actually worked with one you, some of you may be familiar with. Her name is Laura, Georgia. <laughs> um, I worked with right. her on her company, um, but now I'm really branching out, and I've noticed a lot of the groups I'm in. A lot of what I'm learning is. Um, heavily male. So I was just wondering, as a female copywriter, if you have any um, advice to sort of help me find my way within this um, quote unquote boys club. Yeah, I love that, by the way. Congrats on, on being a, a little baby new copywriter. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, I feel you. I mean, and, and like, to be honest, that was one of the things that inspired me to start my YouTube channel. Like I typed copywriting into YouTube and I was like, dude, 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 dude. And like, I love a lot of them. I know a lot of them. Um, and I think the first thing is like, like just kind of remove that from your belief system that like it, yes, there is more men in the industry, but my experience and in fact this is what i find really interesting is that a lot of the best copywriters i know who are behind the scenes who aren't like out there you know teaching copywriting are women and so i think a lot of business owners actually know that um and that there i mean there's so many incredible female copywriters that you just don't know about because they're just like you know they're just behind the scenes and that was me and i i can speak say that because that was me for like however many years so i would say you know just just keep moving forward put your put yourself out there i truly believe that you know smart business owners who you actually want as clients aren't going to give a damn if you're a, a man or a woman they're going to care about the results um, and I think too, like naturally you'll find that certain niches will have more female copywriters, um, like personal development, for example. But, um, I would just say, you know, yes, there's more men in the industry. However, there are so many entrepreneurs out there, men and women who, who would happily hire just whoever 
could nail it the best. And so keep, just keep on keeping on and uh, just be confident in, in what you know you can do really well. Cool. Winnie, does that, does that help? Yeah, I think it's, it's a good point to look at. Maybe they're just more comfortable behind the scenes and not, um, branding themselves as much. <laughs> so it's yeah. nice to uh, hear about you, Alex, and have just another person that I can follow that is a closer um, resemblance to my own growth and path. So yeah, thank and you. I think that puts you ahead too. Like if you are wanting to really brand yourself and step out there, is that, um, is that kind of gives you an edge? Cause there are a lot of times where like, for example, um, a friend of mine owns a really big like women's shapewear company and he contacted me because he was looking for female copywriters um because you know not saying men don't know what it's like to wear shapewear but <laughs> unless you're like a drag right. queen or something I don't think you would really know um and so you know it depends on what what is your niche what niche do you write in um well right now I do a lot of um skincare um cosmetics just based on my working with Laura but right. I'm really looking to branch out and see what works really well for me. I'm very into like mindset and things like that. So I'd like to do some work on that end, but cool. right yeah, now I'm taking I mean, what I can get. <laughs> ab yeah, absolutely. I get that. I totally get that. I guess it's more of like kind of which, which direction you want to head in. And I think, I think, you know, being female gives you a, uh, an edge in certain niches, right? Um, like skincare, you know, not saying men don't care about their skin. They do. But, you know, when you look at the, the predominant market of who's buying skincare products. So I would say, you know, don't, don't have that as a belief in your head that it's a reason why you can't move forward. Like just keep going and, and, you know, stay in your lane and do it well. And, you know, you'll, you'll get there for sure. Thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for asking that question, Whitney. And thanks for that awesome answer, Alex. And yeah, I do agree. I, one thing is, it's funny too. Um, I, was, I was looking at some of the weight loss offers, um, like that were on like ClickBank a while back and, um, you see like, I guess like, it was always the same story of like this guy whose wife is like overweight and he like, finds like the, like, you know, magical like weight loss pill or whatever. But, um, the cop, like even the language there, it's like, well, my wife fell, fell pregnant. And it's like, I'm like, I don't think women really talk about like, fall, you, 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 you fall sick, right. You don't like fall pregnant. And I was like, you immediately know, like, okay, like this is for sure written by a dude. Um, yeah. and like, yeah, like fell, no fell. Yeah. Fell pregnant. Um, and like, and there's just like things like that, right. To your point I, I, for, women copywriters out there, I think, um, stressing like, Hey, I really understand this, you know, niche because like, it, you know, it's personal to me or like I'm, um, going through it, but, um, yeah, I don't have a ton more out of that, but I agree. I mean, it's something I'm thinking like we had Marcella as uh, Marcella Allison as our kind of, um, guest presenter on our copy accelerator call on, on Tuesday. And it's like, just crushing it. So good. Carlene, you, it's like, there are so many amazing, uh, women copywriters out there and, and, um, I'm just excited. I'm happy to see more people like you taking a leadership role and, and sort of, you know, kind of, uh, I think inspiring a whole generation of women. So it's really cool what you're doing, Alex. Thank you. Yeah, that's my goal. So hopefully, hopefully that's happening. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it, absolutely. So, um, cool. Andy, uh, who do we, uh, who do we have next? Nice. Yeah. So this one's, uh, I, I think kind of already been answered, but it says, what are your daily routines to keep your skill levels up and growing? Um, Alex. Cool. And who's this from? And uh, then let's go from ahead and Adam Nassau. So yeah, I'm just, if I answer it live and then I have to actually click on that. Yeah. Name. If you go into like the participants, like I can do it right now, but it just, it, I see my, I'm clicking allow to talk and now Adam appears. Oh, I don't know. Hey Hi okay. Adam. 
What's up? <laughs> hi, Alex. Hi, Stefan. Hi, Andy. Thanks so much. <laughs> Appreciate course. it. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, thanks for 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 the great content. I love it so far. You're so welcome. thank you. So for which question am I up? Because I asked two. <laughs> I'm not sure which one I'm allowed whatever to ask. One, just ask whichever one's coming to you. <laughs> awesome. So what I would love to know is like, I, I really love copywriting and I write since I'm six. And I have always buried that because, um, yeah, there were so much other things going on. And then I learned copywriting also from you, Stefan. Like I have the RMC. It's awesome. Thank and you. I always had it on a back burner because I was full with closing opportunities and leadership. And now recently, the first webinar I ever wrote, I did it like on the side, uh, made like 50K in three days and did like, like triggered something in me. And so I decided to go full-blown copywriter. I said, okay, you know what? I'm quitting every closing. I'm quitting all my other jobs. I'm quitting my hypnosis business, even which I did since like years now. And I want to go full copywriter. So what would be your advice to keep up this momentum? Because it was a strong emotional like trigger that got me there. Mm -hmm. So is there anything that I might overlook, something that could be like an emotional backlash or for example, what I did to prevent, like to, to prepare, I opened a fiber account just to get some stuff in. I have two clients already, three by now. I got one client during the session. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. So I just want to make sure that I have everything in mind, that I don't forget anything. I want to make sure, like, what do I not see? What don't I know? Okay, so here's what I'll tell you. I mean, first of all, your first webinar you ever wrote as a copywriter makes 50K in three days. Like, kudos. Good job. And um, there will be times where that doesn't happen, and don't let that derail you. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, we all have our wins, and we like to talk about our wins all the time. However, there are still times where I write copy that just doesn't really work. And I think that that's something you have to remember. Like copywriting is after all kind of an art form. Yes, it's like science-based in a lot of ways, but you're, there will be times where you write something that you are so emotionally attached to. And you're like, this is the best thing since that 50K webinar, you know, and it might not work. So just you know, stay focused on your end goal, which ultimately is learning and improving and taking every single win and failure as like a, a great learning lesson to get better and to, and just to keep going. Cause you know, you're starting off on this high and like any business there, are, there's going to be some lows. So stay focused on like kind of that end goal of that, you know, that freedom and that passion that you have, um, to get you through those moments. Awesome. Thank you so much. I will yeah. definitely keep that in mind. You're welcome, Stefan. Do you have anything to add? Honestly, the only thing I have to add is that Adam's energy is incredible. I, I know, saw a bunch of people in the chat just like feeling happy. <laughs> it just it comes through. So just don't don't lose that, Adam. Because I think honestly, people we're all just attracted to people who have energy, who make us feel good, who make us feel happy and excited. And just like hearing you talk, like makes me like I'm like, man, I really like Adam, right? And like, I don't even know you Adam's that well. A great guy. I'm like, Adam's yeah. a good person, you know. And and um, so just you can keep... be a serial killer, and we're just like, yeah, what about totally. Adam? I'm like, no, not Adam. Like, you can be holding the bloody knife. I'm like, mm, I don't believe it. That guy's too nice. Um, but yeah, just keep keep that up. I think that's going to serve you really well in, in your career as a as a copywriter as well. Yeah, and I think what I really love is like just to that point is. Like in any business, people want to work with people who they feel great about. And so many times, like I get messages from people that like people want me to hire them or people are like, they're like so desperate to get those clients. 
that they like lose their entire personality. And it's just, it's like an immediate like push away. And I love that, Adam, you're just focusing on like the passion. And like your question wasn't like, how do I get more clients? Because it's so hard to answer. It's like, it's so hard to answer that. Like how you get more clients is by being who you are and, you know, continuing to kind of push through and do it because you love it. And it's obviously working well for you. The fact that you just got your third client, like on this call, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, Thank you. absolutely. All right. Cool. Thanks, Adam. Nice. Uh, so next up we have, uh, Scott Mills. Scott, you better bring like that energy, bro. You better bring that yeah. energy after Adam. Yeah, you can't be, yeah. you can't be that <laughs> let down. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, you I, better be exciting. <laughs> well, I was going to bring my dogs on, but, uh, you know, right now they're, they're sleeping and my camera's off. So, uh, I can't, I can't rely on my dogs to bring the energy to it. Um, so yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't know. Andy didn't really get to do the setup, but Scott, like, why don't you just go and tell us what's your, what's your question? Yeah. So, um, obviously research is always, uh, important and essential in the you know writing process uh and i always struggle just like how you know doing enough versus uh doing too much because it can it can definitely be a uh, a rabbit hole that slows everything down so i was just curious kind of what your research process looks like how do you kind of know when you've done enough um yeah so just really uh, what your, your research process is like yeah, so my research, my research pro process is like a lot of, um, it's a lot of Googling, but when I, what I'm really looking for is when I'm writing for an offer, I look to see what else is out there and what is great about it and what sucks about it. Um, because I think what a lot of people forget to do in writing copy in, in general is really like hammering home the, the USP. Like you can talk all day about how great something is, but if there's something else out there that does the exact same thing and it's cheaper, it's different, whatever, it's hard to really make yourself sound like the best. And so I'll do a lot of research on sort of the competitors and what's great and what's not great about them. Of course, I never call that out in my copy, but I, you can say things like, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, resources out there that do this. And you can pretty confidently know that, that you're solving a, a unique problem. Um, and so I'll, I do a lot of that sort of just Googling for competition. Uh, and then I'll also do one of my favorite like research hacks, and I know a lot of people know this, but I feel like a lot of, every time I say it, a lot of people don't, is I go look at what people, what well-known kind of competitor brands are doing in their Facebook ad library. So if you guys don't know, you can go to like any fan page, go to the ad library and see the last 90 days of active ads. And for me, I mean, obviously just cause someone's running ads doesn't necessarily mean they're, doesn't necessarily mean they're killing it by any means, but I'm always curious to see the evolution of their ads because if they have multiple ads that they keep recreating, it's because it's working. And I'll go look at like, what is the hook that they're using there? Because obviously it's working if they keep recreating and rerunning this ad. So I'm like big on the like Facebook ad library sleuthing. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Scott, does that, does that help you? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. I think also just kind of like internally, um, when do you kind of know you, you've, you've, you've got enough? I, that's, I mean, it's so subjective, but normally it'll come to me as I'm writing the copy where I'll like hit a stopping point and be like, shit, there's like something here that I need that's really going to help me build up this argument, whether it's authority, whether it's science, whether it's something that's going to make this point stronger. And so I, I tend to sort of 
research to the point of like having enough to start with like a great hook and like a, a lead in. And then as I'm writing, sometimes I'll even in like my rough drafts, I'll be like, do, 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 and then I'll be writing the copy and then I'll write, find an interesting stat that proves <laughs> and then I'll keep writing. Then I go back and like fill in the, the gaps, if that makes sense. And Stefan, I would love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, for sure. So, and you know, Scott's in Copy Accelerator. And, and so I, I do with RMBC, like the, the, the reason I have that methodology is to try to make it so that once you start writing, you don't have to like stop and go look for more stuff. Um, but that being said, like I do, you know, it's all a fluid process. So to your point, there are times where if I'm, especially if I really have a lot of it mapped out in my head and I've got that great big idea and I've got like a killer lead and I'm writing, I won't let like missing information necessarily like hold me back. I would do the same thing where I'll like, at all like highlight in yellow and be like, you know, come back, add fascination about this or like, um, you know, add stats. So I'll, I will do the same thing. And, and Scott, maybe that's something you could try as well, where, you know, once you feel like you've spent however much time on research that you're like, I just don't want to do more research and I feel good about it. Like, you know, move on in the process. And then as you're writing, if you feel like something's weak or missing, you can always go back and find some kind of, um, you know, specific research to like, to bolster your argument. And then researching like the pain points for me, it, I don't think it takes that like, yeah, like I want to uncover like the stuff, but it's like after like an hour or two of going, like I go through forums a lot. Right. And, and also one star and five star reviews. And, uh, but, but a lot of times on forums and like, after like, a, you know, going through a 40 page like thread in a forum about like the problem was like, you pretty much have everything, right? It's like, there's usually not like, I do like to go deep because there are random things can come out, but like, you know, once I just see the same thing again and again, then it's like, yeah, they're saying it in different ways and that's kind of interesting. But at a certain point you're like, all right, like they're just saying the same thing over and over again. And that's where for me, I know like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna stop, I'm good on pain points you know, let me move on to like uh, the next part of the process. So that's kind of how I, I approach it. Yeah, and to never let, never let that like, oh my God, do I have enough that mentality to stop you from just starting to write? Because sometimes like you'll notice when you just start slowing down and when you start seeing a lot of repetitive and redundant stuff that you've already kind of taken in at that point, it's like, just start writing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Once, once you have, um, you have that. And, and so, yeah, for sure. Scott, does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's actually something I did, uh, yeah, yeah the dogs. <laughs> somebody just drove up. They like it. <laughs> so they're, they're, they they want to be outside uh, slobbering all over our visitor at the moment. But, but yeah, I actually did that today. Uh, just, you know, put in brackets, uh, come back to this because uh, I you know, didn't have enough at the moment to, to, to dive into it. But yeah, I appreciate both, uh, both your answer, Stefan, and your answer, Alex. Appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Scott. Cool. Hey, let's keep let's keep rolling. Who we got? Who's keep next? The party trainer rolling. So uh, Gregory yeah. um, has a question about how to break into Mind Valley because that's the number one client he wants to work with. So there you go. What's up, Greg? Hey, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I've been watching some of Alex's uh, YouTube videos for the last few weeks, so I was really happy to be here. Um. But my belly has been on the top of my list for a while now. Uh, that's that's the kind of area I want to write in. But particularly my belly, I've taken some of the courses. I noticed they don't have good uh, email follow-up sequences. I'm just, but I wouldn't even know where to start in terms of contacting them. I thought, well, Alex is maybe she's the perfect, perfect, perfect Here's person to ask. Here's Nation's email this. address. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, yeah. Everybody uh, write this. Get a pen. Everyone. Yeah. Uh, um, 
Okay, I'll give you a tip, Gregory, because my top copywriter used to write at Mind Valley. And I asked her, because I feel like how I got there, it was kind of like this fluky fluke. Like I was a 22 year old who had, you know, it wasn't like now where everyone knows of Mind Valley, right? Um, not saying I didn't get, get the job on my own merit, but you know what I mean. So my current top copywriter, uh, head copywriter, she actually um, rewrote one of Mind Valley sales pages without being paid for it. And I know there's like debate around like, oh, I value my time. Should I do it for free? But like if Mind Valley's at the top of your list, like do whatever it takes. Don't freaking worry about an email address. You could probably pick anything at mindvalley.com and it's going to get to somebody, right? Like uh, I, I would I would focus on how you can add crazy value. And if you notice that they don't have good follow-up sequences, write a damn follow-up sequence and then send it to every single Mind Valley address you can think of and someone's going to see it and um, at, and just lead with value and say, I'd love to do this for more of your offers. Um, you know, that, that's, that's personally what I would do. Um, I, I see a couple of people saying, oh, Hunter.io is amazing for finding emails. I have never heard of that, but that's really cool. Um, but rather than focus on like, oh, the obstacle is not knowing how to get in contact. Like, what are you going to like, you know, like the obstacle actually should be like, how can I add so much value that like they're just like holy who's this gregory dude why are we have we not heard of him before we need to get in contact with him to do this for all of our offers okay that's, that's my perfect. advice that's like, a, it's I like, think that's all i really needed to hear well kick yeah. in the ass that's what you needed yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i needed thank you awesome. yeah <laughs> I, mean, I but i i love it i think you know i love that you're aiming high and it's like go for it i would say too i mean and, and just this is related to that advice i mean even like Go to LinkedIn, find people on LinkedIn who are from Valley, like premium message them and send them like, hey, here's a link. I rewrote something, right? Like here's some copy, check it out. Like it's going to inbox if you do the premium like sponsored message thing and like do that to like three or four people um, or five people right. or however yeah. many, right? Like somebody's going to see it. And then if it's good, like they're probably going to respond to it. So um, yeah. just a, a specific tactical thing. Yeah, I, I've never used Hunter IO either, but a bunch of people have said this is amazing. Um, so either way, if you can do a direct email, awesome. But if you can't find direct email addresses for some reason, then use LinkedIn. But um, yeah, I, I think but it's don't great. don't message the copywriters because they're all going right. to be like, oh, this guy coming the up competition. on my tail. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't message the copywriters. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Actually, Thank uh, you so much. Cool. You're Thanks, welcome. I heard of a badass uh, client getting strategy if you want to share or we can move on either way. Um, well, if it's quick, let's do it. I do want to get we have like 22 yeah. more questions in the Q and A. So I do want to oh, make sure we get yeah. to as many as we can. No, it's just real, real quick. I think it's like a, a Dan Kennedy one where basically he got together loads of gifts for the person that he wanted to work for and like even gifts for their dogs, like little treats for their dogs and stuff for their family and stuff like that. Put it in a box and put like printed out email, um, kind of swipes for them to use, like saying that they want to work with them and how much they appreciate them, like a big heartfelt letter. And then like, it's apparently it's pretty easy to get someone's, um, address. So, you know, that's the bottom you, of everybody's emails if they're sending emails right. to their list. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Right. And then you just send them that and it's like, <laughs> no, that's going to stand up. But... Bribery goes a long way. I'll accept yeah, gifts all day long, but I'm not promising yeah. I'll hire you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> of trying tip. the first plan. But anyway, we'll, we'll keep the. Keep that's the a great that is a good point. Yeah. Even yeah. honestly, real quick on that, even Jimmy Parent, yeah. when he, he sent me a copy of that um, Oren Kloff's book that because he was working with that guy for a while, but he included like a Chris $50 bill in it. And this is before I knew Jimmy at all. And like immediately, like, I mean, it sounds like money. I'm not saying to just send people money, but I'm just, even that you think, oh, maybe money is like tacky, but I was like, oh fuck, like, this is great. Like, wow, like that Jimmy guy is like a really 
I like Jimmy Perrin a lot. And then like, you know, a month later he's at my office together and like we're talking and like, you know, we're good friends, but then Jimmy's great in his own right now that like, I don't even know why he did it honestly, but like, I was super memorable. I'm like, I'm never going to, you know, like I'm always going to think about that when I think of Jimmy and like, like him because of it. Totally. Like you and Laura have like a date night on Jimmy. Well, they right. have a date yeah. night on Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Got a awesome. buzz on. Thanks. Thanks yeah. to Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, so the, the next question is really cool. I think uh, both of you will have some good points on this, but Ben, Sim, uh, what are your best hacks for writing hard-hitting direct response copy without coming off too strong or sleazy? Nice. What's up, Ben? Hi, Ben. <laughs> Speaking hey. of. <laughs> uh, hey, Alex. Hi, hey, how are you? Doing well, doing well. So yeah, I really wanted to ask this question because um, this is one of those things where I think a lot of us who really love Mind Valley love it because they are so good at soft selling. Mm -hmm. So I'm very curious to know, like, how did you deliberately practice uh, this skill? Yeah, I mean, so, okay, that's a really good question. And I think the simplest way to answer that is so often I see copy that goes right from problem to product. It's like, uh, hey, you're overweight, buy my product. Hey, you have wrinkles, buy my product. Hey, whatever it is, right? And that's when you people like rely just on like the tactics of like buy my product and wait, hold up, you'll get these bonuses and I'm gonna slash the price and it's like all of this stuff, right? But I actually teach something called the wheel of persuasion and it's six Ps. And to me, it's like, if you do this right, you get to the point of introducing the product and people want it so bad that like, all you have to say is like, oh, and by the way, I have this, the the way to make this easier for you and if you're interested you can check it out right and then of course you can still use some of the marketing tactics that that sell and that work but it's not like you're making it only about that which is what turns people off and so the wheel of persuasion goes like this problem so you identify the problem first then it's pain right so speak to the pain empathize like make people believe that you can truly help them that you understand what they're going through you're building rapport you're creating trust right then after you introduce the pain you introduce the prescription or the solution which is product agnostic you're not saying oh and by by the way buy my product you're saying the solution to help you get over this problem is xyz which could be like meditation it could be like i'm thinking mind valley right it could be like whatever this this technique or practice or mindset is get people to actually believe that that is what they need then you pivot and position your product as the faster easier better simpler way to get that solution and so for me i think the biggest thing and the biggest mistake that a lot of copywriters make is they just forget that whole indoctrination part and they go right to like selling the product and then they wonder why their copy seems kind of like sleazy or it's turning people off. And it's because they're just like going through a checklist of like, I need scarcity. I need to slash the price. I need to be like, I'm not going to charge $5,000 or $4,000 or $3,000. And like, I still do that shit, but it's like getting them to the point where they know, like, and trust you first and then presenting a solution that they actually believe can help them before you then. So <laughs> um, Reginald says, I only counted four P's. Okay. It's problem, pain, prescription, pivot, positioning, product. I guess I'll need to do a YouTube video on this, but um, it's kind of what, what gets people to be like, oh, okay. It's like creating believability. Not a lot of people talk about like believability in copy. Like the number one people reason why people don't buy is like, they just don't believe you that they, they don't believe that you can help them. They don't believe that your pro product is the solution they need. And so it's getting them there. And then once you layer on all of the like very simple 
conversion triggers, you know, all the stuff that people like salivate over, which is actually just such a tiny part of copywriting, then, then you kind of have an irresistible offer if that answered your question, hopefully. Does that help Ben? Yes, most definitely. I would love to know your opinion as well, Stefan. Sure. Um, I mean, I think Alex nailed it. I, I just think, um, a couple of things I think about, I mean, people, people want to have their, I try to always speak to somebody's like heart first and their mind second. Right. So, which is why I like making an emotional connection with my prospect in my copy. Um, and then again, that you don't need to make like outlandish or sleazy claims to do that. You can tell your own personal story of struggle and ask them, you know, if they can relate to that, but really it's building this authentic emotional connection because when they feel connected to you, uh, you know, they're more likely to want to buy from you. What, what, to Alex's point, what happens is some writers will, will be good at that, but they pivot and transition so fast to the product where they're like, you know, telling the story and it's like, and that's why I created. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like what, you know what I mean? Um, so I think like, you know, nobody likes to be like pitched ever. I, I you know, maybe hardcore salespeople, like, like, like I, I consider myself like a sales guy too. Right. I think I'm a really good salesman. So I do appreciate when a good salesman is selling to me, but it's because they're not being blunt and like, sort of like trying to beat me over the head with something, but they're, they're taking me on this journey. And then it's almost like, like seduction, right? It's like, take me on this journey. And like, I know I'm being seduced, but I'm okay with it because like, I like what's like where, where it's going. It's kind of like, it's a little unknown, exciting, um, you know, adventurous. And I think applying those same principles to, to your copy as well. Um, and then, you know, I, I have a lot about the mechanism of the problem, the solution, which is goes back to like an education component, but it's like really helping them understand like, Hey, this is a real reason why you have struggled to get the outcome that you want to get, you know, up until now. Right. So you've been told X, Y, Z, and all those things can play a part, but there's this one thing that you haven't been told the one missing piece. And once you understand like that, that's the real root of the problem, the solution becomes very logical. And, and usually again, to Alex's point, it is more agnostic at first. You're like, so if this is the problem, then this is the solution. But you know, like you can't just go buy the solution on Amazon or like, you know, just pull it out of a box. Like instead, like it's more, you know, intricate than that. And like you had to like create the best way to get the solution to you. So, you know, I labored over that, worked hard at it. And, you know, at, finally, I'm really proud to introduce you to product, right? A product is like the best of its class for, for providing the solution. Here's what you get. Imagine, you know, life with it. Like I'm can tell you from my heart of hearts that this is like the best, uh, I really believe this will change your life. Um, and so just kind of going through that whole, like, you know, that whole journey, um, you know, just taking more. And I guess another thing is why I like, I like longer copy because I'd rather take more time because if they're connected, they don't, you know, they don't mind, but you, you can do the same thing with a Facebook ad or anything like that too. But like, if we're talking about on a landing page, I'd rather take more time to really build a relationship and then kind of like lead them on a logical journey that, that ends up at your uh, product. And then for them, it's like, Oh, it makes a lot of sense. Like, why would I not try it out at this yeah. point? Yeah. It's like you're selling. It's so much easier to sell the solution and get them to believe the solution. And then when you introduce your product, you're like, Oh, and I, and that's why I created this, which is just a really faster, easier, better, simpler, whatever the word is solution or sorry, way to get that solution. So it's like, you're, you're putting most of your like firepower into like Seth and said, building the rapport and the relationship and selling the solution. And then you just kind of like come in the back with like a, a easier way to get there. And that's when they're like, Oh my God, thank you. Now I don't have to go search for this because this guy's done all the hard work for me and he's made it super easy. And here it is. I just have to click this one button by wow. This is great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Uh, ben good. Yes. So good. So good. Thank you so much, Stefan. Thank you so awesome. much, Alex. You're welcome. Our pleasure. All right, Andy, let's keep rocking. We got about 10 minutes left. I want to get to as many questions as we can, but 
Yep, let's keep rocking. So uh, Lucky, he's actually with a neuro numerology uh, client right now, and he's wondering um, how to sound not sound woohoo, woo woo, um, and uh, pick a specific benefit to choose on. So how do you? Any any tips on the direction he should, he should take to make? Yeah, specific? I'm deeply familiar with the word woo woo. <laughs> um, hi Alex, hi Stefan, hi Andy. Hi. Hey, what's up? Um, yeah. So um, just to add a bit of context, I actually yeah. like, just closed a numerology client recently. So the thing that I'm struggling with is, you know, like how to make it less like fluffy or less woo-woo and choosing which benefit to focus on because there's so many different benefits to numerology, like improving relationships, um, finding out like what career you want to work in. So I'm, I'm feeling a bit like lost on which benefit I should focus on. I know. Well, that's a problem with personal development, right? Like personal development, like you could argue that anything in personal development will make everything better because when you have more self-enlightenment, when you're on this path of self-discovery, when like, like you can have your life is just better. And obviously that's like a really weak benefit, right? So um, my first question would be really identify who the audience is. Like, are they numerology fanatics who know all about numerology and now they're just looking to like improve the use of this modality in their life? Are they like complete newbies who have never heard of numerology and they're just like deeply interested in like learning their life path number, you know? Because um, the thing that I have found is getting really aware on, on your customer's obviously level of awareness is so important. But with numerology, you're either talking to people who are like fully bought in and now they just want to know how to use it to improve their life. Or you're talking to skeptics who are like, okay, I'll like find out my life path number, but I'm not going to spend $18 or whatever on a report. Um, and so it's like really figuring out who you, who you are speaking to. So when I'm writing copy in the numerology space, um, when it's to cold leads, there's a lot of that talk of like, Hey, this is actually like a 4,000 year old science. And it's like super interesting. And I kind of make parallels to astrology because astrology is something that a lot of people have like bought into. So I kind of am lending authority from, from the astrology space and, and say, look, this is, you know, the ancient story of numerology, you know, where it was, you know, n weird numbers and grids were found on the back of a tortoise shell on this like bank of a river in China and like use a lot of like kind of mystery and intrigue to really draw people in. And then I overcome the skepticism of like, I know it might seem crazy, but like numbers are around us all the time. We see numbers popping up literally all the time. You see 1111 everywhere. Have you ever wondered why? Like really speaking to that like mass kind of audience. If you're speaking to people who are like coaches and they more, you know, the cultural creatives, as we call them, that's from a book, I think it's called The Culture Code, um, that more kind of enlightened, like I'm looking to just add this modality into my life. Then you can speak a little bit more to like, hey, you know, use this as another practice in your daily life. Here's how. And it's a little bit more of that, like, you know, aspirational um kind of just betterment. Whereas like the new people are like, the numbers will tell you what career choices you have to make Decode your telephone number. And it'll tell you like anything you need to know about a person, you know, it's a little bit more of that, like intrigue and specific benefits. Whereas if you're speaking to someone who's more of like a coach or creative or someone who already does numerology readings, you're, you're obviously going to speak to them in a very different way. Um, and then I think if you're speaking, if you're speaking on a general level, you can still share, right? Because numerology is a unique enough mechanism and approach that like, you don't only want to write a sales page talking about relationships or career, you can have a broader benefit spectrum, because numerology is like the specific 
modality. And so I think that that's fine, but it also creates an opportunity to do future offers that are more specific, like the numerology career decoder, whatever, you know, something like that. Yeah, just for this client, it's actually like a webinar funnel. So I'm like trying to think of how to write the registration page as well as the ads. So that's one of the things I'm trying to work on. What's the main hook of the webinar? Like, what do you learn on the webinar? Uh, so it's about achieving clarity and having better direction in your life. So it's like quite generic. Right. It's about, is it about decoding your own numbers or decoding like the yearly numbers or because there's like there's different types of numerology right like there's the forecasting which is like oh we're in a sixth universal month in november in case anyone cares that's the number of love and harmony which is great because we can all use a little bit of that i think right now <laughs> but then you know um like your personal numbers will be different and so i would just get really clear on like asking your client like okay what is this about? Is this about like forecasting and predictions or is this about like your own personal numerology? And then the hook is easy. It's either learn more about yourself or here's some predictions for the year ahead. Both are really strong. Mm, yeah, it's about more of their personal numerology based on their date of birth. Perfect. So it's like, here's how you, here's how you, you know, get to intimately know yourself. Um, you know, it's similar hook to why someone wants to know their Zodiac. They're like, go read a lot of astrology copy. Um, that'll give you a pretty clear direction, I think. Okay, okay. thank you so much for the tips. Yeah. You're right. welcome. Awesome. Thanks, Luffy. Um, Andy, so I know we're going up against time here. I want to get to John Kim's because, which was the next one anyway, but because um, he asked about some of the elements of design. Because I agree, that's one thing I didn't even bring up, Alex. Like, you're, I was going back through your, I think it was the Copy Posse site. Maybe it was your personal one, but like every time your design is just so on point. Um, and so, John, I'll let you, Andy, sorry not to steal your thunder, but John I, I, uh, has two questions, right? One about kind of, um, your, your video about uh, writer's block and how you apply that to writing sales letters, Alex. And then he also says that, you know, talks about the design and, and is graphic design important, you know, and or as important as copy. So, um, John, anything you want to add before I let Alex hop in there? Yeah. Um, Hi, John. Thank you, first of all. Hi, Alex. Hi, Stefan. Um, hey. I've been following Alex for about a year now. And um, I think you guys are super awesome. I think you guys are like the Wonder Woman collaborating with Iron Man. So, <laughs> yes. Podcast. Can um, I be Black Widow though? <laughs> Black Widow. Yeah. Speaks to my soul a little bit more, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I guess the second part of my question, since we're pressed on time here, um, most of the sales letters that I study have very basic design. Like it's clear that their focus mm -hmm. is copy first, design second, and they just take good copy and slap it on some free template, but. <clears throat> I noticed with your copy posse landing page, it's totally next level. Like Extra, it looks like I know. Al's yeah. website, which is awesome. And, you know, do you feel like design is just as important as good copy and is design something you test as well? Great question. So no, I don't think design is as good as copy. Um, I think that great design can make copy better in the sense that like I'm a huge branding nerd like I love branding and I love being like anything that I put out there I want it to look like freaking sexy because that's just I like pretty things I like it's nowadays nobody has an excuse like it's so easy to build pretty stuff online um so I don't think it's as important as I don't think it's as important as copy I mean copy is king or queen however you want to look at it um, but I'm a big fan of, of, of great design. So if I'm working with a client who I know values design, I get even more excited because think of it this way. Like if you're a copywriter and you want to showcase your work, it's so much more fun to showcase your work on like a 
sexy looking landing page than it is to like send them like a white long form sales page with like a red headline that looks so direct responsey, you know? And so I, as a copywriter, have naturally just really started visualizing my copy and how I want it to look. And so when I am writing copy, whether for myself or for a client, I leave a lot of design notes in the Google Doc. So I'll be like, note to designer, I envision this looking like this. I envision this looking like this. And so I, I have a lot of say in the design only because like as, a, as the writer of this page, like I want my work to be showcased in the best possible way. And um, with that being said, like I'm no design expert. So, you know, I, I'm always kind of looking to see sort of the way other people um, format copy. And I think, you know, first and foremost, you never want design to hinder copy. So never make your design so fancy that like, it's not easy to follow. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I hope that answers your question. I think, I think in this day and age too, I think people, they trust sites that look a bit more branded and, you know, direct response marketing style, long form sales pages still work for sure. Um, But I think having a brand behind it and design behind it just can only help if it, if it doesn't hinder the copy. Um, but then you can have beautifully designed websites with crap copy and, you know, obviously design's not going to convert people. So it's, it's definitely an added thing. True. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Awesome. Cool. So I'm for everyone whose question we didn't get to, I'm terribly sorry. There was so many more good ones, but, um, you know, I want to be respectful of, of everyone's time here. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for coming on and joining and sharing uh, just so many amazing insights. Um, so, such a great story of, of you and you're so inspiring and just um, really appreciate it. A uh, couple of questions like, you know, where, what's the best way for people who are here now or who listen on iTunes or watch the replay on YouTube uh, to get, you know, a hold of you? I, I put your website in, um, which I'll do. And, and I would say also, I'm sure go subscribe to Alex's YouTube channel if you haven't already, but what else can people be doing to, to kind of um, interact with you or should they go follow you? Yeah, that's great. And I apologize. My dog just started barking. She was so good the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, you can check out my website, alexcatoni.com. That's where you can like link and navigate through to like all of my, all of my different stuff. Definitely, you know, check me out on YouTube. I publish a video every week. I know John mentioned my last video on writer's block. I actually specifically, it's writer's block for copywriters writing sales pages. So that should give you some insight. And then um, Instagram is at copy posse and you can definitely DM me there. I'm in there all the time and I'm super active on Instagram. So. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, Alex, thank you again so much. Really appreciate it. And um, thank you everybody who attended and, uh, and ask questions and interacted. Uh, love all of you. And um, make sure for you who listen on iTunes, make sure you, you subscribe to the podcast. If you watch on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to my channel and also go subscribe to Alex's channel. And uh, other than that, I'll see everybody next week. So thank you, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. That's just about it for today. Before we finish, though, let me share a little bit more about how you can stay in touch with me. I have a private email list where I share high-level tricks, strategies, and insights about copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, and more. In fact, often my podcasts are based on topics I first emailed out to my list weeks or even months earlier. So if you want to get brand new stuff from me every single day, go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. These emails are often upwards of a thousand words, and I send them every day. So make sure you really can commit to engaging with me on that level. But as long as you can, and you should, because I do drop a ton of value in these emails, go apply to join my list today. And again, the web address is stephanpaulgeorgi.com 
forward slash subscribe. And in case you don't know how to spell my name, which is okay, it is S-T-E-F-A-N, Paul, and then my last name is Georgi, G-E-O-R-G-I.com. So stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe, and I will see you in my email list.